Uh, this morning as we, uh, as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, uh, I've just got a few thoughts I'd like to share with you first, and then we are going to break out the hot cross buns. Who's looking forward to hot cross buns? Well, I'll eat some. <laughs> Uh, so this morning, I just want to share a few thoughts about Resurrection Sunday and what Easter means. And uh, for, for many people, Easter means uh, a lot of things. Uh, I uh, was outside a shop just the other day, uh, just, was it yesterday or the day before, and there was a blackboard outside of the shop, and it said, talked about hot cross buns and Easter eggs, uh, the real meaning of Easter. And uh, it sort of got me thinking a little bit, and how how the meaning of Easter often gets misrepresented and uh, the perspective of Easter often gets taken away and shifted. For me, I believe that uh, we celebrate, you know, the greatest event ever of mankind where Jesus Christ uh, was crucified on the cross but rose again on the third day. And today we can enjoy his resurrection power and, his, his, and the, the freedom that comes with that. Um, one of the things I believe about uh, the resurrection was this. It is the greatest act of love ever shown by man towards mankind. It's the greatest love. It was the greatest act of love ever demonstrated. And this morning I want to talk to you about, uh, about, about love and grace. Just, just a few thoughts on that. And um, one of the things when we're looking around the world today is that we see the concept or the idea of love. Um, many people have different ideas about what love means and what love looks like. And I believe that the concept of love in many places of the world has been distorted what some people perceive as love is actually lust. Uh, what some people perceive as love is not really love, it's not really love at all. Wherever we look in the world, people uh, are struggling and looking for the idea of love. And everyone today is looking for love in some sense. People need the love of Christ. People leave, leave, need love in itself. And so one of the things I understand about love and grace is grace is closely associated with love. And so if people don't understand really what true love looks like, how can we understand what grace looks like? And uh, I believe that one of the things, that Je- the main thing that Jesus poured out for us on the cross is one is love, but also the grace that comes with it. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about love and grace and what that looks like for, for you and I today. For, m- for many times we, uh, around Easter, we use the, use the scripture of, of Jesus dying on the cross, but there are other stories uh, in the Bible that actually represent the same story that, uh, of, of the resurrection. And so this morning, I want to just look at the story of a person by the name of Mephibosheth. It's quite a bit of a tongue twister, but his name is Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was the grandson of Saul. Uh, he was the son of Jonathan. And uh, I won't go into all the details, but there was a time where... Um, where Mephibosheth was, uh, was being carried by his nurse, and they were running away, they were fleeing, and uh, the, the nurse dropped Mephibosheth, and he fell, and he became a crippled from a very, very young boy. From about the age of, uh, from about the age of four or five, he became a crippled. And um, so I want to talk about the restoration of Mephibosheth. And one of the things that we see, that this Old Testament character gives us an amazing story, an amazing idea about God's grace to sinners. We look at the restoration of Mephibosheth, and we see that his story represents what God has done for every one of us. So first of all, like Mephibosheth, all of us have been crippled by a fall. All of us have been crippled in some way by a fall. As a result of the fall of Adam and Eve, uh, the sin entered into the world. So all of us, in some sense, uh, have been crippled by the fall. Uh, the Bible says that all of us are born into sin. Sin is a, 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 it cripples people. It cripples mankind. 
And so much the same way the human race has been crippled by the fall of Adam. So essentially, we are all starting off in a, in a disadvantage in that we have a propensity towards sin. There is three aspects of this in our life. First one is morally. We cannot live up to the perfect standards of God. The bottom line is all, all people have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We look around the world today. What we see in the brokenness in the world that we see today is a result of man's fall and the consequence of that. So as a result, morally, we can't live up to the standards of God. There's nothing that we can do morally. We can be as good as we like, but God is perfect, and we can't match that, his, his perfectness on our own, uh, on our own devices. So we've, we cannot live to the, to the, standard, the perfect standards of, the, of God. The other sense is also is physically. We all face pain and sickness as a result of our life, as a result of sin. Um, the Bible says that through one man's sin, death entered into the world. As a result of the sin, our physical bodies have been crippled as a result of sin. That's why many people suffer with sickness, depression, all these different kinds of physical ailments, and as a result of, of the fall of mankind. The other sense also is spiritually. We cannot make ourselves righteous enough to approach God. There is nothing that we can do in our own strength to make us righteous and acceptable to God. Um, so all of this has been a result of the, of the fall of man. And like, not like Mephibosheth, all of us have started off in some sense crippled. But this, this story doesn't end there. And one of the things we look around the world today, we can see that we live in a crippled world. We live in a world that has been crippled by sin. We, we live in a world where people have been uh, crippled in some sense, either crippled emotionally, crippled physically, crippled spiritually. All of this has been a, uh, as a result of man's sin. But um, the good news is like this. Like Mephibosheth, we don't have to end up and stay that way. And that this is an amazing story. The story is actually found in, in 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. And David says, the king, king David says these words, Is there anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I would show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. And when they called her, him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, Yes, at your service. Is there not somebody in the house of Saul that I may show kindness to him? And Ziba said, yes, there is a son of Jonathan, Mephibosheth, who is lame in his feet. And the king said to him, where is he? Where is Mephibosheth? Where is he gone? And, the, and Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in another land. He is in a place called Lodibar. One of the things that we can see this, that here is a king, King David, that he sought out Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was hiding in a place the Bible describes as, as Lodibar. The word Lodibar simply means this. It means, um, uh, it, it means, uh, means a barren wasteland or a place of no bread. And all of us, as a result of sin, are find ourselves in a similar place. That We find ourselves in a place of barrenness, searching for something, a place of no bread, a place where there's no spiritual food. We see in the world today that every person who doesn't know Christ, is looking for something somewhere. They're caught up in a place of barrenness. They're caught up in a place trying to find something that will fill the, the desire in their heart, that will heal the brokenness, that will fill the void in their heart. And uh, for many of us, before we know Christ, we find ourselves in a place called Lodibar. Like Mephibosheth, he was also found in a place called Mephibosheth, uh, in, in this place called Lodibar. We understand that one, that Mephibosheth didn't f try and find the king. This here is the nature of Christ, that... Uh, 
David himself, in his heart, found, he, he, there was something stirring inside of his heart. Where is somebody that I can show kindness to? So we look at David, and he sought Mephibosheth out. One of the things that we know about Jesus Christ is this, that Jesus Christ, the Bible says, came to seek and save that which was lost. This is the reason why Jesus Christ came into earth, because we are all lost at some point. We are all lost somewhere in a place called Lodibar. But this is the reason that Jesus Christ came, to find us. He came to seek us out. He came to seek you. Wherever you are in your sickness, wherever you are in your barrenness, wherever you are in your brokenness, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to find you. When you're lost in a place of brokenness, when you're lost in a place of barrenness, often you just don't know where to go. You don't know where to find your freedom. You don't know where to find wholeness. That is why Jesus came. He came to find you. He came to find you. And as David, he inquired, is there somebody Where is Mephibosheth? And they found him in a place called Lodibar. Today, if you're a place of brokenness in your life, if you need healing, if you're separate from God, if you're relationally broken, if there is a void in your heart today, friends, Jesus came to find you. Today, he's looking to find you today. That is the nature of Christ. Not that he would hold himself a long way off, that we would try with all our might to try and find him. No, God's not like that. God is not too far away that you can't find him. Today he is looking for you. If you're broken in your heart, if you're, if you're crippled from, as a result of sin, today Jesus is looking for you. The Bible says that he made himself known, uh, but David made himself known to Mephibosheth, just like God has revealed himself to us. Jesus came to show us what God was like. God is not angry with us. God is not upset with us. God loves us, and we see by the life that Jesus demonstrated, we see what God is really like. And we see that Jesus Christ gave himself on the cross. They didn't take his life, he gave his life. And today he is looking for you. He gave his life for you. He's wanting to find out. He was wanting to find us out. Jesus said, I've come to seek and save which was lost in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. So in one sense, we have a king seeking out Mephibosheth. In the same sense, we also have a great king. His name is Jesus. He is searching for us today. He is searching for you. Today, he is knocking at the door on your heart. We have found in a far country. For many of us who have received Christ, we have been found by Jesus Christ. He found us in our place of sin. He found us in our place of brokenness. He found us. He can find you today. And he can touch your life and make you whole. So one of the things that we know about about David was he called Mephibosheth to him, called him to the house of the king. And so in verse uh, verse 5, King David sent out and brought him out of the house from Lodibar. And when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, came before David, he fell on his face. And uh, David asked him, are you Mephibosheth? And David said to him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Friends, today, as God is calling you and I to him, one of the biggest things he's saying to us is don't be afraid. For many of us, we are ashamed of our sin. Maybe we're ashamed of what's happened to us. Maybe ashamed of our, of our failures, ashamed of our, um, of our brokenness, afraid of how he might treat us. I think for some people, they see God as, a, as an angry God sitting up in the heavens ready to throw grand pianos down from the heavens and to smite all wickedness from the earth. <laughs> that, is, that is a misrepresentation of, of God. God is not like that. God loves you. He came to seek and to save you. The sinners that came to Jesus, never once did he turn any of them away. 
Never once. Doesn't matter what they had done. Doesn't matter who they were, what their background was, how crippled their life was. No one got turned away from Jesus. Jesus welcomed every person who, who would receive him. And today, he was, wanting to, he was wanting to welcome you and to receive you into his heart. Don't fear, David said, for I will surely show you kindness. This is the nature of God, the nature of Christ, that he would show kindness by giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins on the cross of Calvary. That is a wonderful act of kindness. That is one of the most kind acts that anybody could ever demonstrate, that they would give themselves, that they would give their life so that others may live. We watched a movie the other day on date night called The Guardian, and there's an amazing story about, about swimmers, Coast Guard rescue swimmers, and their motto was this, so that others may live. So that others may live. This is the motto that they live by, so that other people may live. They would risk their lives. They were prepared to sacrifice their own life so that someone else may live. Today, that is the same thing that Jesus Christ did for you and I. He sacrificed his own life. He gave his own life so that you and I would live. So you and I don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear. We don't have to be ashamed of what happened in our life. Jesus Christ is searching for us, and he wants to bless us. He wants to set us free. He wants to restore us again. So so David said, fear not, for I will surely show you kindness for your father's sake, and I will restore to you the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. It's a wonderful story about the, about the table. And uh, the table is a, is a symbol of reconciliation. It is a symbol of the grace of God. Uh, one of the things that Shane Willard talked about was uh, shulkan, which means to reconcile or to be able to cover. And one of the things uh, he talked about was that uh, the tablecloths were made out of the lambskin, which means reconciliation. One of the things that David said to, uh, to Mephibosheth was, come and sit at my table. Come and sit at my table. And one of the, one of the beautiful pictures that we see is that the, the wonderful grace of God would cover his brokenness as he sat at the table. Friends, you and I today, whatever our brokenness, God is inviting us to sit at his table. In Revelation 3 verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any person would open up the door and come in, let me come in, I will sit and dine with them, and we'll have fellowship one with another. So friends, this is the heart of God, that we'll be reconciled, one back to God, and two with one another as well. And that his wonderful grace that he poured out on the cross covers our sin. He covers our weaknesses. In the same, in the same sense that he gave uh, for, for, for Mephibosheth, that this grace that you can sit at my table and your descendants will sit at my table forever and ever. This is the same grace that Jesus Christ also extended to us, that we would also have the opportunity to sit at the table of the Lord. Today you have an opportunity to be able to sit at the table of the Lord and be reconciled again. So one of the things that we saw about, about David was he's restored to the king's table Mephibosheth. As for Mephibosheth, he said in verse, in verse 11, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. So one of the things that we see is that their grace, that love that was shown by David, the love that was shown by Jesus, it is the same love and the same grace that was extended to us. We see here that he shall eat at my table. Friends, people today are looking, starving for bread, and the world offers so many things that try and fill the void in people's life. Friend, the bread that the world offers will never, ever satisfy us. The bread that the world offers, the food that the world offers will never, ever fill the void inside of our heart. The only one that can fill that void inside of our heart and make us whole again is the life of Christ. 
The Bible says that as, 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 as Jesus, his, his, his body was broken for us, and as he broke the bread, he said, this body, uh, uh, this bread is, is to make us whole again. Friend, the bread that Jesus offers you today, the life that Jesus offers you today, can make you whole again. It can restore your soul. Today, he prepares a table for you to come and eat food that Christ prepared for you and I. Not the food that the world would want to offer you. That doesn't fill you. All it is is just a substitute. It's just, it's nothing. It won't, help, it won't help you in any way. But today, God is wanting to prepare. He has prepared a place for you. He has prepared a wonderful place where you can be made whole, that you can feel accepted, that, you can, that your crippledness can be made whole again, that your, that your sins will be forgiven. This is the wonderful grace that Christ has prepared for you and I. And it is available. There's no, you don't have to buy it. You can't earn it. And that's the thing about grace. Grace cannot be earned. It's, a, an, ex, it's an expression of love. So today, that, that grace that extended to us by Jesus' death on the cross and by his resurrection on Sunday, that same grace is available to you and I today. It is a mind-blowing concept that the God who created the universe could be looking for company, looking for somebody to fellowship with. Today, Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross so that you and I would not just have a good life, but would have fellowship with God. That is why he came, that you and I would have fellowship with one with another. The Bible says that even the whole, the, even the whole universe could not contain God's love. God, the whole universe could not contain his presence. That is why he came. He, he, he made you and I for, for, for fellowship with you and I. So you and I can either, either have fellowship with the world or fellowship with Christ. So it's a mind-blowing concept that this very God would give his life, a great king that would step down from the heavens and give his life so that you and I would be made whole afresh. God's grace covers our weaknesses and our failure. Grace is the love of God that is shown to the unlovely. All of us at some point are unlovely. All of us at some point are brokenness. But God's grace is his love that has been extended to those that are unlovable. All through scriptures we see Jesus Christ extending a hand of love towards people that were broken and in despair. That same hand has been extended to you and I afresh today. The unconditional love towards a person who does not deserve it. Friends, this is the opposite of karma. Often you see in the world today, uh, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth, it's about revenge. Essentially, this is about what karma is about. Karma is about getting what you deserve. Getting what you deserve. Often you can hear it in the way people talk, how they see somebody who's broken, how they, how they treat them, or they're just getting their just deserves. You deserve to be punished. You deserve to be in jail. You deserve this. You, should, you, you deserve that because you've been a bad person. Actually, that's completely opposite to grace. It's completely opposite to grace. For many of us, we find ourselves still struggling with that concept, still struggling with the idea that people deserve the, uh, the bad things in their life. People reap what they sow, yes. But this amazing thing about grace, because grace is another concept that completely overrides all of that. <laughs> It's something else that complete, it's something that's so mind-boggling, uh, it's very hard to understand because it's so foreign to us, yet this is the grace that is available to you and I today. Karma is about getting what you deserve, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Grace is different for that. Grace is about a one-way love. It doesn't matter what we do, you're going to be accepted. It doesn't matter what we do, what we've done, what's happened to us in the past doesn't matter what we deserve. Grace overrides that and says, it doesn't matter what you deserve. 
what I'm going to extend to you is grace. And today, you may have uh, broken in some part of your life. You may have failed in some part of your life. Friends, this grace is available to you. This wonderful grace that can uh, set you free from the burden of sin, that can set you free from the consequences of sin. Today, Jesus Christ is wanting to make a, a way, a place for you at his table. The point of death the point of the death of Christ is that Christ took on the sins of the world so we would not put out, what, sorry, so that what we put out would not come back to us. So that's the, that's the idea of karma. What you give out will come back to you. The point of the Jesus' death on the cross was this, that our sinful nature would not reap the obvious death. Jesus Christ, when he gave his life on the cross, he took the consequences of our sin. He took the shame, he took our burn, and he took all the shame that goes with the sin and our, our crippleness and our brokenness. He took that on the cross, and he paid the price. And now it extends a wonderful grace to all of us. Today, Jesus is still searching for people to pour his grace out upon. Today, if you're here and you're broken, today, if you're here and you've, got, you've never received Jesus Christ, today he is looking for you to show grace and love to Today he's looking for people all around the world, in our community, in our neighborhoods. He's looking, still looking for people that he can show grace and compassion to. Today, if you're here and you're broken, if you've got sin in your life, if, you are, if you've been crippled by the, by the effects and the impact of sin, today Jesus Christ has prepared a place for you that you would come and fellowship with Christ, that you would come and fellowship at his table. Today he has made a way for you. He is looking for you. All you have to do is respond. As the body of Christ, one of the things that we must also ask ourselves is, who are we extending grace to? This wonderful grace that's been extended to us. And often I believe that we can, fear, we can forget about it. We can forget that the, the price that Jesus paid for our sins. Often we can become a distant memory. But today, let's remind ourselves that Jesus Christ paid a tremendous price for our sins. Today that Jesus Christ extended a wonderful grace today. What will we do with that grace? Will we just hold on to it? What will we do? What will, we, what will you do with the grace that Christ has been extended to you? One of the ways that we can keep that alive is to keep extending that grace to other people. Who are, we, who are you extending grace to? Is there somebody that you need to go and find and extend grace to? As a Christians, as representatives of Christ, I believe it's our job also to carry the grace carry that tremendous love that Jesus Christ gave for us and extend it to other people. How could we not? How could we not? After all what Christ has done for you and I, how could you and I not just keep that grace to ourselves, but how could we not go and find somebody that we can share unconditional love with? I'm sure that there's people around you. I'm sure that there's people in your family. I'm, pe- I'm sure that there's people in your neighborhood. I'm sure that there are people that you know that could do with the grace extended to them. I'm sure that you could see people that would experience a one-way love. Nothing that they've done to deserve it. Nothing. No, just an extension of God's love and his grace. I wonder who today, as, as we celebrate Easter, as we celebrate the wonderful grace and love that was extended to us, I wonder what we could do today to extend that grace to somebody else, to be the arms and the legs of Christ. Not let it just stop here, but to carry it on to our community. All the world is looking for the grace of God. People are looking for the love that only Jesus Christ can provide. Today, you and I, one, have the opportunity to receive that, and two, we have the opportunity to be able to extend that grace to other people.
Why don't you just bow your heads and, and close your eyes just for a moment. Father, we just thank you for your, the wonderful love that you extended to us. Jesus, we thank you for the, for the price that you paid on the cross. Jesus, I thank you today that you didn't stay on the cross, but that you rose again. Today we celebrate your resurrection. Today we celebrate the wonderful love, the wonderful demonstration of your love to all of mankind. Jesus, we thank you. We, we thank you today and we celebrate the, the demonstration of love that you showed to us. Jesus, today we thank you so much. We thank you today that you've prepared a place for us, that you've prepared a wonderful table for you and I, for, for, for all mankind to dwell at. Jesus, today we just pray for your presence just to fill every heart, to touch every life this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ and you've been crippled by the weight of sin. You've been, you've been crippled by the effect of sin. You've been affected by the, You've been crippled by the fall. Maybe you're here today and you... You're aware that your life is broken. You know that your life is not right with God. Friends, I want to encourage you today. He is not angry with you. You don't need to be afraid of how you'll be treated by God. He loves you. Today is extending a hand of mercy. Today, he is looking for you. All you have to do, I believe today, is if you just acknowledge, God, I want to respond to you. Jesus... I want to respond to you today. I've been searching. I've been living in a dry, desolate place. But today, Lord, I want to be found by you. With every eye closed, every head bowed. You don't know Jesus. You want to experience, you want a touch of his grace upon your life. I'd love you just to raise your hand this morning. If you've never, ever received Jesus Christ, I'm not going to embarrass you or do anything like that. If you've never, never received Jesus Christ, and you want to receive Jesus today, why don't you just raise your hand? Every eye closed, every head bowed. Why don't today you make a decision? Why don't you make a decision today if you've been searching to open up your life to Jesus? Let him come into your heart and wash you clean again. Let him come into your heart and heal the brokenness and heal the crippledness. Today he wants to restore you. Why don't you make a decision in this, on this day? On this day, make a decision. Make a decision in your heart to receive Jesus Christ. And for all of us, I want to encourage and challenge you today as we celebrate in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, as you and I celebrate in the wonderful grace and love that was extended to us. Why don't you, in our heart, in my heart today, Look for somebody. Look for somebody that we could show grace to. Look for somebody that we could show kindness to. Amen.